and welcome to our What Is Possible podcast series. I'm Nazreen Bizram, your host and Head of Charities at Barclays Corporate Banking. So given we are in the middle of a global pandemic, it may feel like an odd time to talk about innovation and empowerment, especially when businesses may feel that they are too busy firefighting to do anything other than focus on continuity and resilience. But with challenge always comes opportunity, and innovation and empowerment are particularly important right now. Businesses must ask themselves, what is possible? What change can they make to processes, lines of revenue, products and people to meet these new challenges? How can they empower their workers to weather the storm, adjust to new working environments, as well as maintaining productivity and creativity? And with more challenges ahead, particularly as the situation remains in flux, businesses will really need to dig deep and explore imagination and innovation to face this crisis. So joining me today to help answer some of these questions and to talk about innovation and empowerment in the months ahead are Catherine Rioch, Head of Digital Client Experience, and Martin Runo, Global Head of Payments, FX and Digital, both from Barclays Corporate Banking. Catherine and Martin, a huge warm welcome to both of you and thank you for joining us. So before we get into the detail, I think it might be a good time to demystify the word innovation and what it means. And the reason I ask this question is because often it is associated with fear, and that is fear of failure or huge amounts of investment and resources, and sometimes businesses simply don't have that capacity. So I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts, depending on what stage of the journey businesses are at. Martin, would you answer that question for us? I should give it a try, Naz. Thank you very much. Let me start by saying how much I love the name of this podcast, What is Possible? Because that jives totally with with innovation and sort of an innovation mindset for me. Innovation is really something that people do. It's, it's, it's coming up with a cool idea, big or small, and then pull through, executing it and see what it does. It, it often comes in our context with people working with our clients or with colleagues, looking at processes or looking at a problem that we face internally or that some of our clients face and thinking about, hmm, what can I do to make it better? And that, to me, is, is the pure definition of, of innovation, right? So there's no need to fear, and there's certainly no need to hold back and, and, and just accept things as you know, inevitable. Right? So challenging the status quo, coming up with something that will make life better, and really think about it that way is great. Now, sometimes you do need to spend money, but oftentimes you'd be surprised how many you know, great things come out of just a cool idea and the will to push it through. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Martin. And I love the the term challenging the status quo. Let's crack on with the detail then. So we've already seen innovation at work in British businesses. We've seen high-end restaurants turn to delivery, suppliers turning to local manufacturing to meet demand as global routes close off, and an entire cottage industry of reusable mask makers spring up. Catherine, what do you think is empowering these businesses to make these changes? I think that's a really great question. And and I think if you think about the start of lockdown and everybody had that moment of disbelief and then took a bit of a beat and came up with some brilliant alternatives, like you say, the, the cottage industry looking at mask makers, But actually what it's really shown is that the UK businesses are so resilient in the face of a crisis. You've had offices have to sh- who've shied away from remote working. You know, really had to overnight think about how they're going to make it work. And it's really unlikely that we're going to go back to the ways of working in, in a post-COVID environment. 
but also what was interesting was you had the platforms that were doing all of the the virtual support like microsoft with teams and zoom and all the others who almost overnight as well had to develop their proposition and then when you look at businesses like the high-end restaurants who've really had to think about adapting their business models you know it's incredible the way that they've reacted to that and and the fact that they've just you know, had to do things differently to survive. So almost to Martin's point about innovation, that's really innovative, isn't it? That they, they've had to do the takeaways or there were a number of, of restaurants in London that were doing food for the NHS um, just to sort of keep them ticking over and, and to, to know they were giving something back. So, you know, all those things really have empowered those businesses to make a change. Yeah, that's brilliant, Catherine. And I love the, the array of examples that you've given across so many different sectors. And Martin, is there anything you'd like to add to that? I, I mostly would agree in, in the sense that you see a lot of people had some of these things on their roadmaps as plans uh, and had to pivot, of course. But the, the change of adoption or the speed of adoption has really taken off. Right. So people have grabbed this you know, never let a good crisis go to waste and really, really push through. So I thought that was very interesting. You see that everywhere. Um, and also just doing pragmatic things in the face of the crisis across all of the industries, you know, government, banking, uh, you know, everybody else out there was quite incredible. A very simple example is how the limit for contactless payments was lifted or uh, put up relatively quickly. And contactless payments for me is one of those huge winners. It was there before and it was getting traction before, but now, you know, everybody's out there tapping rather than, you know, trying to pay cash. And that's, mm. that's totally normal. And obviously there's all of this, uh, online everything, right? So, uh, I mean, my mom is busy buying basically everything that Amazon has to offer these days. And she was, she was not very, I mean, she had a laptop, but she wasn't doing much with it. So it's, it's really right. The adoption rate through basically all of society has gone through the roof. Completely agree with that. I think to your point around contactless, my in-laws never used contactless before. um, And it's really had to sort of change the way they approach things too, isn't it? And I think that whole adoption across all the different generations is really fascinating too. Yes, absolutely, Catherine. I think um, it's really interesting to see how different demographics of society have really adopted technology and use things like Zoom, for example. Mm. My mum's my mum is a real Zoom user, which is really interesting, <laughs> and uh, and I've got her onto contactless too, which I'm really proud of. So I think you know there's some really key words coming out here. I think resilience is one that you you've you kind of touched on, and speed, Catherine. I think the working environment has changed substantially with people either working at home or finding themselves classified as key workers and facing new processes and policies at work to stay COVID secure. And of course, there's been the stress and pressure of the situation to deal with it also. So how can businesses help empower workers through this really difficult time? I think that's another really interesting question, isn't it? Because you had so many businesses that before that would have expected people to work, you know, a nine to five day and have everything in a very structured format. But life was already starting to evolve a bit beyond that, I think, before COVID. But it sort of brought it into to sharp focus, hasn't it? That you know, gone are the days where you'd be sitting in, in if you were remote working and be scared about the dog barking or, you know, the, the doorbell ringing. But I think life has just become a bit calmer, hasn't it? And, and the empowerment that I think our colleagues across all the different businesses need is that almost sense of understanding that you know, life is a bit different and things will happen. But I think as we go move forward and as we have uh, you know, the winter months ahead of us, we, we will have to do more across the industries to really support our workers. I thought it was really interesting. LinkedIn had a survey recently about how employers can start to help people to 
cover the fact that they they were doing the daily commute and actually weirdly it's a necessity because it is that downtime be it the 20 minutes that you're cycling in or the hour and a half you're on a train but it had it gave people that headspace to be able to do something different both before and after work Um, and I thought it was really interesting that they were kind of asking how are you how are you replacing that you know are you going for a walk around the block are you sitting in a different room and reading a book because I think unless we start to help our colleagues to think about the way they run their day differently to, to have you know life go on as normal um, I think it, it's it's quite important to think about that so I suppose the other thing from an empowerment perspective for our people is desire to to pr- be promoted or to do more or develop hasn't gone away but we have to think differently about how we're going to replace that how are we going to move away from the traditional coffee chat in the office so that people still feel that they can do different things and and can you know learn new things as, as well as come up with ideas um, to drive businesses forward. Thanks, Catherine. I think, you know, well-being was um, important before the crisis and it's even more important Mm. now. And one thing that's really important is the culture we create, that vulnerability, that um, culture of openness and and people being able to to, to share Mm. how they're feeling and and what they need in terms of support to help them whilst they're working from home or if they're a key worker, for example. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And and I've seen so many examples of that um, in my own team and, and, and I've had to really learn as a leader in terms of adapting to the current climate. But um, I know Barclays do lots of great things um, around this space. I mean, Martin, are you able to share anything around what we are doing here at Barclays? At Barclays, I mean, um, outside of, of, you know, the HR and people topics that we are looking at, you know, the well-being of, you know, our, our teams and ourselves as well, there's obviously a lot of stuff that we're also doing on, you know, on our, our product front and how we interact with clients. And just to name a few, right, so it was really, um, and that, that was, again, was one of those things um, in the beginning of a crisis. We have been spending, uh, I call it acceleration, we've been spending so much time thinking about, you know, the client experience, what it should be, what we're striving to before that we really did sit down at the beginning of this thing and lockdown happened, everybody's working from home. So you think about, okay, what does this do to, to our clients, right? What, what, what's happening there and how do we help them? sort of, you know, get through this as, as good as we can. And just on the digital payments front, just a couple of examples um, was, you know, remotely signing paperwork, right? We banks, oh my God, we're still sending out so much paper documents to be signed. And that's that's certainly been, you know, an acceleration on steroids to move to, you know, electronic signatures, DocuSign, et cetera, processes. But it's also for us, for example, we had for corporates a mobile app on our sort of roadmap, things that we wanted to do. And it's a bit different than, you know, for us as private clients. For corporates, there's slightly different needs. But one of the things that we accelerated now massively is using your uh, a, a mobile device, for example, to log on to our systems rather than hardware. So we have these biometric finger vein readers and other things that typically sat in people's offices. And that's a real problem if you need that to log in and you're working from home all of a sudden, right? So so those kind of things come to mind and we had to react quickly and really think of it from what did it do to our clients and how can we help them run their businesses? Fantastic example, Martin. I think flexibility and the examples that you've given there around how how we can help uh, clients work better at home, I'm sure, contributes positively to their well-being and doesn't get them worrying about the sort of day-to-day activity that they they, they own and, and need to work with. So I guess what I'm hearing is, is very much in line with the feeling that I get from people. And Catherine, you touched on this briefly around development and people wanting to progress their career. And there's a sense that people want to start thinking about the future and what will come after the pandemic. So the phrases we keep hearing are, 
build back better or the great reset um, or what is possible as as martin mm-hmm. alluded to in in at the start of this mm-hmm. podcast so essentially that that this terrible crisis may be offer an opportunity for innovation on a on a grand scale so how does this translate for individual businesses and Catherine I'll start with you if I may thanks Naz I think it's important isn't it that people get kind of that glimpse of the future what is it going to look like when when we come back now we don't know when that'll be and you know hopefully it's sooner rather than later because um, I agree with with what Martin said earlier I thought it would be fun working from home for this long I'm kind of over it really now but I think you know at the beginning it was very focused on do we have all the equipment you know are we huddled over a desk in the corner you know and now we're much more into what's going to come for us next and and how do we uh, sort of think about really giving our employees across any sector you know the opportunity to to grow in the future so i think it it really is about not letting us go back to the way we were i think part of what we need to make sure from the whole great reset piece is that we don't forget about the things that have worked well and we don't just go back to the way we were because it's easy and i think you know that it can be easy can't it and i think all businesses need to think about the good things we've learned from this um, and how we take those forward to, to really support our people couldn't agree more Catherine I think the um, acceleration of decision making we've seen here at Barclays has been great and we somehow need to bottle that and continue mm. that um, and something sprung to my mind that um, one of my clients sort of said to me the other day around you know this whole piece around working from home and and being connected is that we're physically distanced but socially connected and we've got to make sure that we are because actually during this time I think most of us have connected more with each other than we would have done perhaps when we were in the office so yeah. that also needs to continue um, depending on how we come back and what what the new world of work looks like and martin is there anything you'd like to add to that i would say it's it's very interesting so webex or zoom or teams or whatever else people are using have become the great equalizer in a certain sense right because you do see people in their you know natural habitat so to speak right so i've been working with lots and lots of seniors and you do get a glimpse into the den the living room some people bedrooms, kitchens, right? So it's, it's, quite, it's quite fun uh, in, in a certain way. But in the, in the business context, right, you want to preserve some of that. In the business context, we ourselves are looking at how do we make sure that the achievements, like I was talking about digital signatures and having this, you know, this great spirit, we can do it, we, we're getting stuff done, be pragmatic about it. Um, how do we preserve that as we uh, hopefully at some point will move out of, you know, this crisis? And back into business as usual. I don't want to give that up, right? And to me, that's, that's something that everyone in, in the corporate world should, in, in the business world, uh, should think about. As in, sort of, what has this done positively uh, for my culture, right? In, in in my company, for the processes, how you know the, the well-being, how how uh, people interact with each other, how we build products, how we interact with our clients, and what are those things that I really, really want to hang on to and make sure I don't go back to sort of the olden days, right? Exactly. And I think it comes back to that empowerment and that's where, you know, the innovation comes in. So we've talked a lot about the internal drivers that help businesses to innovate in times of crisis, adopting a flexible mindset and empowering employees. But what about external forces? How do a business's ecosystem and its partner empower it? I'll start off with you, Martin, if I may. well, it's, it's like the proverbial big oil tanker, right? So, you know, it doesn't move or it doesn't turn quickly. It doesn't move, right? So once, once you get it to move, uh, it doesn't stop quickly. So you, it, it feels like that often. So for us, I mean, we're moving ecosystems, right? Partners, suppliers, 
and that's 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 true for for all of our clients as well right so you have all these people that you're dealing with and uh, and that's quite difficult right it's not easy and you it, 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 you're trying to you know look at like look at the chain of things and and try to keep things moving and what about you Catherine? what are your thoughts on this I think it's been really interesting, hasn't it, when you think about businesses and supply chains and the need to be a bit more contingent in their approach. Um, and I think those that are able to adapt and, and have kind of reacted to it quicker have done the best. Um, I saw, heard a really great example about Top Trumps, who had been using you know, Chinese operations and had been doing all their kind of um, production out there. And then when COVID hit and they weren't able to do that, they were quite lucky in that they have production in Ireland. So they kind of stepped it up and, and started to do more in Ireland. But then as soon as Ireland went into lockdown, they could flip back into to China. So I think companies that are able to think about that and go contingent quickly and fine tune what they're thinking about are the ones that we really want to watch. And I think that's innovative too, isn't it? In, in, a, in a weird way, um, the, the adapting to, to continue to be able to deliver for clients. I love the game Top Trumps. That's a, that's a great example, Catherine. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, one of the external forces is us as as the banking partner or the, the company's financial partner. And I guess how, what role do we have in terms of being that external force and, and how can we support innovation? Um, um, Catherine, I'll start off with you. I think it's really important, isn't it, that we adapt and... Yes, we're talking about digital and the fact that we need to offer clients the opportunity and the ability to be able to self-serve. But actually, the relationship that we have with them and the role that our relationship directors play is also really, really key uh, in making sure that we provide the right solutions and we and we give the right service to really empower them. But I think the more that we do around bringing the power of one Barclays together and offering our clients the right solutions and then helping them beyond COVID to stay digital. So to, you know, change behavior uh, and adapt, I think is, is a really key role that we as a bank play. For me, that's, that is so key. And it goes back to something I said in the beginning, right? The people aspect, right? So having our bankers, and that's really what's, what's been driving them, have a deep understanding of what's happening with our clients at that time and where we can help them solve some of the problems that they may have, right? So I also love this example, you know, but there's plenty of examples of clients, you know, pivoting to, for example, a direct-to-consumer business model in, 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 this, in this environment, right? And that, that does require a different set of, you know, products that you would get, you know, support with from your bank. For example, right, if, if, uh, if you're now selling goods directly to consumers, you need to create a website. You probably need someone to help you with accepting card payments or, and, and also, you know, service models. You know, it's, 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 it's also a different game if you're, for example, going into, you know, the, the wonderful world of real-time payments. So faster payments in the UK, these things happen 24 seven potentially, right? Are you even set up for dealing with that? So, I mean, it's, it's like that kind of level of thinking where you go, you know, and, and really do this deep dive together with your, your counterpart, um, you know, in, in the bank and say, hey, you know, what do I need to do if I get this done? Right? So everybody in the chain has a role to play. And we've we've really seen, you know, lots of our bankers, colleagues uh, across the whole firm step up and, and really um, we call it one Barclays. It's, it's so obvious, but bringing the different parts of this firm together to our clients has been has been quite key in achieving this goal. Thank you both for that. And I think, you know, this whole bit around the banking relationship being adaptable and the use of technology and, 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 and relationships. The one thing I wanted to touch on is that balance between technology and the human touch. 
um, you know, your views on that would be really interesting. And the other thing is around, there are still challenges around digital inclusion and accessibility, um, which is still uh, a challenge for many sectors. Uh, what are your views on this? Catherine, what do you think? It's really interesting. We were talking about mobile earlier um, and I was on a call with a client last week and, and one of the questions they asked was, you know, actually, we're never going to be allowed to use a, a mobile solution because we don't have work phones. We only have personal phones. So, you know, so what are you going to do? And, and you know, we will still have the biometric reader. It is about giving the client choice um, and being able to use the right thing for them at the time. And I think your point around accessibility is one we have to be mindful of um, that, you know, people are different. Businesses will operate in different ways, but, and we have to make sure we give uh, people the opportunity to, to have those solutions as well, rather than just a one size fits all and that it will always be digital because as much as it will get, we'll get a long way down that line, I don't think it will 100% always be digital. Thanks, Catherine. And Martin, what are your views? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always a tough one, right? Because you do see, you know, the trend accelerating cash and coins are around and, you know, and while it becomes way more, uh, predominant to go, you know, cashless with, you know, tapping your card, etc. This still there, and we will continue and want to continue to support that, right? So it's a bit of keeping both in mind. And again, what Catherine said, right? It's not digital only. Digital is just, uh, it's just, it's a big choice that our clients are making, that we all as consumers are making, right? Everything works, you know, with the look at your phone or a swipe of, of your finger, and that's sort of the experience. It's more like an expectation that we have how things should work, right? And and we bring that from our personal lives into our our business lives, and that's totally normal. So we're trying to to bring that and adapt to that. At the same time, you need to make sure that you support your clients across the whole spectrum. And I think we're we're trying we're trying to find the right balance in doing that. So essentially, it's all change, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Things have already changed so much from how we live and work to how we're interacting with businesses and buying products and how those businesses are supplying goods and services. Would you agree that while change on this scale brings a lot of challenges, it also offers opportunities? Yeah, I think that's it's absolutely right now. So I think when you think about innovation and empowerment um, and the way that the world will be, there are a huge number of opportunities, both for businesses, but also for individuals. It's about making sure they balance the right things for their business, do the right thing for their client base, but also understand what's coming and what's what's wanted of them so that they can stabilize their businesses and, and really drive success out of the back of, of a COVID environment. Thank you, Catherine. And Martin, what are your views? Big change events like this one typically drive innovation on a massive scale, right? Business models change, new business models appear, people adapt, etc. But there's always the flip side to that. And, and we do obviously see that if we look across all of our clients, uh, the whole client base, right? There are there are people, smaller businesses, even bigger businesses who, who are, will not be quick enough or not, not able to adapt their business models at all because of the nature of their business. And some of them are, are suffering quite badly through this crisis and, and they need, you know, support from the community, from the government, whatever else uh, there is available. And we, we need to try and we will try. We are trying. We're, we're going to help these businesses through this, right? So it's, it's a bit like the balance of, yeah, there's great chances, but there's also a great deal of harm that's being done by this. And, and things will not be the same when we come out of this thing. Thank you both. I think, yeah, you've, it is all about balance. Um, and whilst there's, uh, you know, opportunities, there's still challenges. And, and I think you're right about, you know, depending on what sectors they're in, um, who their clients are, customers are, suppliers are, there's so much to think about if you're a business in the current climate. 
So I, I think, you know, that we've discussed so many different themes today, and I, I just want to say thank you, Catherine and Martin, for your insights today. Lots of really interesting soundbites for businesses to think about. Innovation is clearly key to surviving this crisis and putting companies in a position to grow on the other side. And I think we all realise that empowering each other personally and professionally is what will strengthen us and our businesses to weather the storm. So thank you all for joining us. If there are any areas that we discussed today that you'd like more information on, please do contact your relationship director in the first instance or do visit our website for more insight. 